Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Slurds, welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 247. The 247th episode is an overview episode. I'll be going through the uh, the what's happenings of the last week or so, uh, doing overviews and talking awesome covers and news and speculation and, you know, all of that good stuff. All in the realm of comic books. So, uh, yeah. Before we get started, i got to tell you about Hooked on Comics. You know, they're a friend of the show at this point in time. I'm proud to call them a friend of the show. Long time proud sponsor. Well, they're doing a spooky little Halloween sale here. From, uh, well, Friday to Sunday through the weekend of Halloween. So the 30th through the 1st. Now, they're calling this the 10,000 book $5 bin sale. Get that through your brains, people. Through three days, 10,000 books at five bucks a piece. Can you... Mm-hmm. Come on. You guys have the stuff. They have the goods. It's an incredible, an incredible way to get your comics in the midst of COVID. There's no touchy-touchy, no breathy-breathy. It's all shipped to you very neatly and securely through the mail. So, Hooked on Comics is the... Uh, that's the who. The when... The 30th through the 1st. Oh yeah, through Spooky Halloween weekend, y'all. The the how? Well, well, I gotta specify on the win a little bit more. All freaking week, guys. All weekend. Just check it out. Check it out. And then, uh, well, uh, as far as how? Well, NSCLiveTV.com. That is the place to go for all of the incredible comic book auction action there is to enjoy. Channel 3 specifically, you'll know when you get there. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, then you do the, uh, the the Facebook thing. Yeah, you like the Hooked on Comics Facebook page, and then you join the Cheers to Comics Facebook group where you know I'm going to be sharing it out. And, uh, yeah, so that's how we're going to be doing that. 10,000 books. 10,000 books up for sale throughout three days. Five bucks. Come on. Come on. I'm excited. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there you go. 
Uh, if you're not able to go out and trick or treat, then get you some comics, huh? So, let's uh, let's get on with some news. Some newsy poo. Well, not a whole lot to talk about this week, uh, but <laughs> something interesting, very intriguing. I don't know any specifics on this, but uh, as we know, DC has gone on to do. Uh, multi-distribution type of situations. You know what I mean? They've got Lunar, and then they've got Midtown, um, separated by the Mississippi. And that's how they're dividing it up. And, uh, yeah, well, as it turns out, um, <laughs> Midtown's bailing. Midtown is bailing on DC. They're clapping out. They're showing their hands. They're done. They're done. Uh, why? I don't know. I don't know, but it's, uh, <laughs> that puts a lot of weight on Lunar's shoulders. All of a sudden, they got to double up. And now this whole, we're, you know, oh, we want to have the ability to distribute through multi, or multiple different outlets. Well, now they're just down to one. So, <laughs> <coughs> I'm all wheezy right now. That's weird. Here, let me try something. Mm-hmm. Ah, all right. <sighs> I'm not all wheezy anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's happening. That's, that's snarly, right? I don't know what to make of that. I didn't go on to say that DC, that just furthers my, my hypothesis that DC is uh, grooming us into a digital world. And, uh... I don't know, man. I don't know. It would suck. It would really suck if DC just said, okay, we're we're only going digital, or we're only going to print a Batman book, or whatever. I don't know. I uh, couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine. To me, that's the day that, uh, that the Earth would stand still. When DC says, hey, you got to read it on a freaking tablet now. Oh, that would suck. Uh, I don't like it. I'm perfectly fine with finding new ways to store my comics in new creative places. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I hope that's not it. I hope DC's just like, okay, well, shit, we gotta, you know, steer this ship and find us another person willing to distribute. I don't know who that could be. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if DC reached out to, like, Mile High Comics <laughs> at this point. I don't know. It's uh, harsh times right now. Big news. Don't know what to make of it, though. Continuing on, you know what? We've got uh, some some sales to talk about here, huh? Let's talk about some some top selling books. I've never done this on this podcast, two hundred and forty seven episodes, and I've never never given you the uh, the rundown on uh, well monthly sales. So via ICV two which is the, the, the uh, .com, that's the place I'm at, my source for these numbers, I have, <coughs> Jesus, the top 20 comic books by units and dollars. Don't worry, I'm not going to give you all top 20 per category. I'm going to give you top 5. Um, well, actually, you know what, I'm going to give you a top 5 by units. No, top 10 by units, top 5 by sales. Dollars. That's how I'm going to do that. Cool? Got it. Right on. 
See, I've never done this before. <laughs> Starting from the bottom of the top 10 by units. The 10th best-selling book in the month of September is a DC book, Dark Knight's Death Metal, Trinity Crisis. Now, how many copies? They're not telling us that. They haven't released numbers like that since COVID. They'll go off and say, hey, we sold 100,000 copies of something, which has apparently been like a thing two or three times now since books have been back since COVID. But as far as given specifics, I don't think anybody wants anybody to know those numbers. I don't think they want to know what those numbers are because probably not a lot. You know, the, the days of, you know, 60, 70,000 copies of, of books being sold are <laughs> dwindling down. It's got to be highly anticipated to uh, to pull in those kind of numbers these days. So, yeah. Um, don't know how many is my point. Uh, number nine best-selling book is Iron Man number one. So Marvel Comics is in on there. Followed by number th or Thor number seven in the eighth spot, and then X Men number twelve in the seventh spot. Once again, more X Men. We have X of Swords Creation number one in the sixth spot. Batman three Jokers number one down to the five spot. Um, hold on. When did that book come out? August. How is it still? See, this is this is why I can't really trust these numbers. This doesn't make sense. The book, unless it's second printings, maybe that's maybe that's what they're counting. They're counting the second print. Okay, never mind. Maybe that does make sense. Uh, Batman number number nine. Jesus Christ, number ninety-nine in the four spot. Detective ten twenty-seven in the three spot. That might be a surpriser, but at the same time. It's the big 1,000 issues of Batman in Detective Comics milestone book. And because there was, uh, I think, uh, it was either 9 or 11 variants or total covers to choose from. Uh, yeah, no, there's, it's going to sell a lot. That's just all there is to it. All the covers were really good, too. In uh, the two-spot, Batman number 98... And the best-selling book of September, surprise, 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 Batman 3 Jokers, number two. Now, as far as best-selling books by uh, the dollar, in the top five, Batman number 98 raked it in in the five spot. X of Swords was a $7 book. See, this is what's impressive. Batman 98 is only a $4 book, and it's... It's in the top five for, uh, you know, like I said, uh, money is accumulated. X of Swords, like I said, is a $7 book in the four spot. Batman Three Jokers, number one, is a $7 book in the three spot. Uh, Batman Three Jokers, number two, is a $7 book in the two spot. And at the whopping huge price tag of $10 a book... Uh, Detective 1027 with all of its mini covers. I'm guessing this book easily made, I don't know, 100,000 bucks. Easily. Easily. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, badass. Badass indeed. 
yeah, those are the numbers. I'm always fascinated by the numbers. I, I like to know what's what's selling, but at the same time, uh, what can we trust? Are these the real numbers? Is this just what they want us to think? I mean, it's kind of sad there weren't any indie comics in there. In the top 20, however, indie comics, we only find them when they're dead. Is it 13? And that is the only indie comic in the top 20. That is a pity. Damn. Uh, I'm, I'm a little taken back by that. Let's see. And in the top 20 for money... Yeah, yeah, we only find them when they're dead on the 20 spot. Son of a bitch. Well, there you go. That's the news for the week. Now, uh, shall we speculate a little bit more? Huh? What else could I be speculating about? Ah, shit. I lost my notes. <laughs> oh, I'm wheezy again. <coughs> oh, boy. So, um... Uh, speculation. Speculation. You know, there's, uh, there's two sides to this market. There's the readers and there's the people that like to make money off of it. I judge none of ya. So, uh, looks like I got four books here that we could possibly get excited about future-wise, uh, financially. Starting with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 55. This one's probably a reach. It's solicited as a new Green Ranger. However, without spoiling anything, uh, this new Green Ranger isn't much of a surprise at all. So, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this being a spec book, but just in case, I'm throwing it out there. It could be a reach. It's all... It's all a matter of perspective, I guess. <coughs> Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, continuing on. The Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 110. We've got the first appearance of the Roadhogs. It's a uh, um, biker gang, you know? So, will they be back? I don't know. We'll see. So far, they just seem kind of like a come-and-go type of bunch of people that we will see more of eventually. I mean, I've, I definitely have every indication that we'll see more of them. But how important they are, well, that'll determine a lot with this book. Um, Curse of the White Knight, Harley Quinn, we've got the first appearance of Starlet. Uh, is in the DC, or Black Label universe, so, uh, I don't know. These Black Label characters are supposed to be non-canonical. So, uh, until this Starlet character starts getting some air time, we shall see. But uh, probably the most sound investment of the week, if you were to ask me. And then last but not least, from DC, we have Catwoman number 26, first appearance of uh, something Father Valley. Once again, you know, this book isn't blowing up. None of the, I don't think any of these books are going for more than cover price right now on the secondary market. These are ones to hold on to. And uh, cross your fingers. I don't think there's any surefire winners this week. Uh, like I said, best bet, probably the Curse of the White Knight. And even, uh, not even necessarily for Starlet. Maybe just for the fact that it's a Sean Gordon Murphy White Knight number one, you know. 
I don't know. We shall see. So that that wraps up the news. That wraps up speculation. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some stuff that I read. Huh? I want to talk overviews. I definitely have a few bad-ass books to talk about this week. I've been trying to narrow it down just a little bit more because, uh, you know, I, these these podcasts don't need to be two hours. If I were going into detail on every single book that I read, like I have been known to do in the past, uh, yeah, no, you're just going to... I mean, I wouldn't want to listen to my dumbass talk to myself. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, no, just the the stuff that I found to be the most appealing to me. Um, let's start with Valiant Comics. I am a huge fan of Rye. So we're at Rye, I believe, 8 this week. In my notes, I wrote down number 1 for some reason. I don't know why I did that, but pretty sure it's Rye number 8. Uh, Dan Abnett, Juan, Jose, Rip, and Andrew Dollhouse. Uh, Walt Simonson and Laura Martin did the cover... So, um, picking up where we left off here, Rai and Rajin and their newfounded friend Alice continue on their hunt to just destroy all of the offspring of Bloodfather, because we know, he bad. So, <laughs> they are led to this uh, place called New Ur, and met by a character by the name of Fusion. Now, Fusion, he seems more than capable, but at the same time, very friendly. He's very welcoming. Let me show you my, my, my pad, yo. And uh, that's, that's what he does. So, <laughs> while, while this is happening, um, we, we, we get a, a, a glimpse into, well, it seems to be inside of Bloodfather, and inside of Bloodfather, we have this very digital world and in this digital world we have this um, we have bloodshot a faceless bloodshot he's got he's got like a skeleton face it's something else now <laughs> i got to comment on the art here this is some of the the best art i've seen in a comic book ever period it's done uh, in a i wouldn't say 8 bit scale it's more like a 16 bit scale you can maybe even a 32-bit scale, but it's very digitized, and it's it, it's beautiful. I couldn't stop looking at it. I couldn't stop. It is one of my favorite things I've looked at inside of a comic book all year, and that's that's saying something. So uh, yeah, shout out to Juan Jose Rip there. But what's going on in there essentially is Bloodshot is trying to figure out. We're all trying to figure out a way. <laughs> I say we're all because uh, I forget who it is. It's actually they're trying to um, communicate with Bloodshot. But she's trying to convince Bloodshot to come back and how you know they, they got to figure out this plan to put him in a body and. Oh yeah, it's 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 good. It's good. Just trust me. <laughs> it's it's so good. Now, um, as <laughs> as all of that's going on, uh, Bloodshot and or not Bloodshot, Ryan crew are being introduced to the world of New Ur, and uh, we're learning a little bit about it. What 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 goes on here? It's comprised entirely of Positronics, which are 
um, uh, you know, uh, synthetics, not real people, not organic beings. Let's let's put it that way. And uh, yeah, well, um, they 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 uh, kind of selfishly let Rye and crew in, uh, not not just to be friendly, but they 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 know their capabilities and they want some help. They say, hey, why don't you help us defeat this thing we call the dark? And the ar- the dark is this mysterious organic bearing- being that directs hate towards all positronics and synthetics. So it's essentially kind of a race war type of situation going on here. Uh, oh, by the way, the name of the person trying to help Bloodshot is Lula. <laughs> there we go. That's why I take notes. I just don't really read them until I... <laughs> need to read them. So, uh, yeah, well, um, uh, Rye, however, he says, nope, I don't want no part of this, uh, I, I'm just here to kill Offspring, and, um, yeah, well, <laughs> big twist here, ready for this? Fusion just so happens to be the fusion of two Offspring. So, Fusion is like their champion, the warrior, the, the yeah, the champion of Newer, and when Rai realizes that this whole time there's been uh, not one but two fused together uh, the offsprings, uh, it's it's very confusing. It's a very confusing time, and that's where we're left off. That's where we're left off in Rai. I oh man, I cannot recommend this book enough. It is so good. It is so good. I I can't. <sighs> Valiant's best book, man. Valiant's best book. And that's saying something, because I'm digging the hell out of Valiant. <clears throat> Continuing on, we have more indies. We've got The Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 110, Sophie Campbell, Jody Nishijima, and Aronda Patterson. So, Raph, he out on a date. And on this date, they come across these, uh, these... These rough houses, these road hogs. Now these road hogs, they're there saying, "Hey, get off our turf, bro." And well, uh, instead of fighting like it starts out being, it turns into this whole, "Hey, why don't we just race?" type of situation between Raf and the the road hog leader. Never really catch her name. And uh, so you know, they say, "Well, here I don't have a bike. Well, here's one of our bikes." Immediately, I'm just gonna like, "Well, okay, who would do that?" But Right on. Uh, and then, yeah, it's a race. And it's a race. <laughs> Sorry. It's a race. They're, they're running and uh, they're not running. They're riding. And, you know, it's kind of dirty. It's kind of not. But one of the, you know, the Roadhog race and she takes a little tumbly poo and Ralph being the, the old f- good fella that he is. He goes back and he picks her up off her bike and then they roll through the door and blah, 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 blah. It's that story. You've heard that story before, right? Well, this develops a, a, a fun little relationship between the the, the Roadhogs and the, the, the Turtles. And, <clears throat> yeah, frankly, kind of turns on uh, old Raph's date a little bit. So, and then they just carry on. That's it. That's it. Uh, meanwhile, while Raph's out racing and... Uh, getting this little uh, 
groove on. Let's put it that way. I'm going to try to keep this less rated R when possible. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when that's, that's going on, just use your imagination, you dirty, 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 dirty little listeners. Leo. Leo, he's out on some recon mission of his own. He's trying to get info on old Hobbs. Hobbs, the son bitch that's uh, responsible for this giant mutation type of situation. Uh, and then he learns that, you know, Hobbs is a target on the Splinter Clan. Personally, yeah. Hobbs knows that the the Toitles and crew, and I say and crew now because they're so much more than just Ninja Turtles. You know, uh, they, they're... Yeah, and that's just what it is. This is the new norm, guys. It's not the Ninja Turtles. It's the Splinter Clan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, well, that, that makes things interesting, right? So, uh, the, it's an enjoyable fucking book. Sorry. <laughs> but it is. Uh, I know it doesn't sound like a whole lot's going on, but it, it's it's a ride, man. It's an adventure. It's awesome art. It's the Turtles. It is. I know it's not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a Splinter Clan, but it's still very much the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Don't, don't let that take away from anything. Now they don't call themselves that, really. Did they ever really call themselves that? I don't know. I bet they did. Uh, carrying on. Uh, scumbag. Scumbag number one from Image Comics. It's Rick Remender. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, it's my favorite book of the week. Follows this character by the name of Ernie, who is, in fact, this junkie scumbag piece of shit. And, uh, he is just trying to score him some H. Some little Hiron. Some, uh, some, some dragon juice. Some, some dope. <laughs> I don't know a lot of words for heroin. Uh, but, yeah, so he's at this bar, and, you know, for the most part, the good first third of the book, you were just getting to know how much of a scumbag he is, you know, he's, uh, grabbing him by the you-know-whats, and, the and they're, mm-hmm, he's not, he's not very charming, let's put it that way, but in the long run, he scores himself some, some smacky dabs, and, uh, makes his way into an alley, but, you know, uh, gravity and stupidity means that his little syringe is rolling away. And as he chases the syringe, he stumbles across a back alley brawl between none other than Father Time and Medusa. Two superheroes? And it looks like Father Time is just a, uh, uh, copped. <laughs> a porky pig the shit out of that one. Some... Well, we can almost call it, like, Compound V, if you know what I mean. It's, a uh, superhero juice. And, well, it's in a syringe. Mm-hmm. And he's going to shoot himself up, and, uh, well, it gets knocked out of his hand. Well, now we've got syringes rolling around between, uh, Ernie's Heron and the Super Devil Juice. Well, yeah, man. <laughs> There's bound to be a comic book in here somewhere, right? And that's exactly what happens. Uh, Father Time, the the only man with any hope left of saving the world, has just overdosed on heroin, but not before he kills the shit out of Medusa, or the other way around, something like that. 
Um, <laughs> well, uh, th none of this is any bother to Ernie as he watches. He's just like, yeah, man, some good shit, I bet. Usually my guy has some pretty stepped on shit. And he shoots himself up and all of a sudden he's got some abilities. And he's this liaison projection type of thing shows up and says, hey, you're not father time. You're going to have to do, though. And uh, Ernie says, nope. I uh, I don't need no responsibilities. I just like getting high. And, uh, well, then there's some bribery involved. <laughs> and the laundry list of shit that it takes to get him to agree to do this is worth reading the whole comic in itself. It's so fucking ridiculous. Uh, this is... This is what I want out of a comic book called Scumbag. It, it is... It, it, oh my god, it is so good. It's so good. So now, this this asshole is, uh, is, is agreed to be a hero of the world. A savior. A champion. Ernie the Scumbag. <clears throat> I dig it. Do not sleep on this book. This is easily, easily turnable into a... Uh, adaptable, turnable, Jesus Christ. Adaptable, easily adaptable, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. 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 Marvel Comics. From Marvel Comics, we have Iron Man number two. Christopher Cantwell, Cafu, and Frank Dermata. Alex Ross on the covers. So... Arcade has Tony captured, and he puts him in this uh, uh, boxing ring cage fight type of situation with Absorbing Man. Well, they got to fight each other to be able to get out, and well, um, when it, you know Tony is kind of getting his ass kicked, and he reveals that Arcade is the referee the whole time, and the fight's called off. Uh, but uh, he's kind of getting his ass kicked by Absorbing Man. That's not so good. So, uh, <laughs> he, he's back in his little ivory tower, and he's recuperating. He's recuperating, he gets this call, and, uh, who, cardiac? Is that what I wrote down? Cardiac, uh, oh, yeah, the, the song bitch, <laughs> the bad, the bad man, he's a bad, bad man, named Cardiac. He has a bunch of these, uh, pharmaceutical workers held hostage and Tony and his uh, new friend apparently Patsy Walker aka Hellcat off to the rescue um well and, uh, he has a, <laughs> he has them all held up in this giant sphere thing Tony's got to rescue him and he's trying to get penetrate through this steel thing and the only way he can really do it apparently is to run not run fly full force into this thing knowing that he's going to hurt himself badly. If not, kill himself. More than likely kill himself. But um, that's that's not how he's going out. But he kamikazes into the fucking... <laughs> he kamikazes right into it. Save it a day. And uh, yeah, finds himself in the hospital. With all types of broken ribs and contusions and whatnot. Well, while in the hospital, a, uh, another... Another bad guy, well, apparently by the name of Unicorn, you know, like Tony's second or third villain ever in comics, I believe. Very, very long time early, uh, old ass villain. 
Um, he's off. He's off and running now. Uh, to me, I, I'm liking this this Iron Man arc after two issues. Uh, th- after you know Christopher Cantwell taking over, this seems much more casual. Not everything's super dire. It's just Iron Man's saving the day day by day, neighborhood by neighborhood. He's almost like your friendly neighborhood Iron Man, huh? And that that's a this is a run I can really really get behind. Um, not that I hated. Not that I hated the Dan Slot run. It got way, way better when Christos Gage helped jump on and helped, you know, steer that ship. But this just seems so much more casual, man. It's not about, oh, who's my daddy? And, um, I mean, <sighs> raising all these questions. Like I said, it's just your friendly neighborhood Iron Man. And I dig it. Uh, let's see, more Marvel, from Marvel Comics, we have Venom number 29, I believe is what that's supposed, once again, I wrote down the wrong number, that's not 27, it's 29, it's Donny Cates, it's Luke Ross, it's Jesus Abrutov, and, uh, Ryan Stegman on the cover, huh? Essentially, what this is, is the Codex origin, um, spoilers, uh, Codex is an alternate version of Dylan Brock, and in this alternate reality, Dylan Brock, he, he has the same powers, but he, uh, he, he's just driven the wrong way, you know? They give that whole, I'm not gonna go through and give the origin, you gotta read it for yourself. I'm not here to, uh, keep you from having to read these books. I'm just trying to intrigue you enough to get into them. Uh... So, yeah, yeah, man, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very cool, cool origin story, I'm not gonna lie. Now, after it's all said and done, the story is told by Annie, uh, Scorpion, you remember Scorpion, who was virus the whole time, uh, <laughs> Scorpion, he comes in and attacks, and Dylan subdues him pretty easily on account of that's, that's what he does, he's super OP, and, uh, yeah. Well, Scorpion reveal, you know, it's revealed Scorpion is who he is, and Eddie essentially kind of gets the sympathies. You know, he feels bad learning that he took Scorpion's legs, and now it seems that maybe some sort of alliance is going to be formed here towards the end, possibly. I don't know what could possibly happen. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm. It was, it was a cool issue, man. I, I suggest everybody's read Venom. I mean, that's, that's what it is. The art was pretty badass, too. I'm not going to lie. I like this Luke Ross art. Uh, Nightwing, number 75. It's a big old extra-long anniversary issue. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I didn't take any notes because I thought... It <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't know what to think. But as it turns out, it was pretty neat. It's it's the return of Dick Grayson, man. Dick Grayson's back. He doesn't necessarily know about the whole Nightwing thing anymore. He'll come around, though. But the the most important thing is he's no longer Rick. He is Dick. And that's important. Well, meanwhile, his peers are all trying to, you know, including Batman, they're all trying to get him back in the Nightwing groove. And, uh, yeah. Batman's literally dangling the... the <laughs> the Nightwing outfit above him in the same ring that 
Batgirl was forced, or he was forced to fight Batgirl in the whole punchline situation. It's just, it was, it's good stuff, man. And if you're looking for an issue to jump back in, then 75's the one. If you fell off for a while after the whole, oh, and while all that's going on, KG Beast. KG Beast is back. And he's back to prove that he can make the kill shot. And, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh man. Um, I'm, uh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Uh, you know, I don't think that Nightwing really went anywhere. But at the same time, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Nightwing is friggin' back. Nightwing is back. And I'm loving it. Uh, yeah. There you go. So let's uh, let's let's talk Batman now. Speaking of Batman, am I right? Batman number one hundred and one. Yep. We thought DC even thought they were going to be canceling it. They thought Tynan the fourth was only going to be brought in to do a couple of story arcs to pick up the the leftovers that Tom King had strewn about. And as it turns out. James Tynan IV has been very well received and DC's deciding to keep the Batman title going. They're not rebooting it. Now, immediately, uh, I'm getting the feel that... <laughs> um, I see how we're not going to have Bruce Wayne as Batman for a while. I see how Fo Lucius Fox's son is going to be turned into Batman. I mean, that was announced, what was it, uh, one of them silly virtual cons. <laughs> uh, I think it was San Diego Comic Con, I believe. They announced that Batman gonna be black. And, you know, I'm I'm fine with that, I guess, sure. You know, I'm, it is what it is. Uh, it's all just gonna be part of a story arc and Bruce will be back. You know, that's how it's gonna go. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, I, 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 more than anything, if it wasn't Tynan the Fourth doing it, I'd probably be a little bit more skeptical. But this guy really does have a. I, I believe he has the vision on what Batman comic booking could really be. You know, it seems like it really is going to be focusing on Gotham itself, not so much Batman. Uh, and that I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, I, I am, um, there's, there's, uh, Batman and, uh, Catwoman, they, they kind of, they're gonna go their separate ways before they're made public, uh, Catwoman says in a year, well, I'm gonna give you a year, Bats, to figure this out, and when you can figure out how we can cohabitate together, then that's when we'll do it, it doesn't mean that they're no longer romantic, because I'm pretty sure they bang on the rooftop right after that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know that's uh that's, that's that happens, allegedly, and then uh, yeah, Batman he's he's got to go meet Lucius now. He's got to you know Lucius has all of the money it seems, or at least a good portion of it. Catwoman made sure of that, and now he's got to figure out you know what to do with this money, and immediately he recognizes he can't just give it back to Batman. All eyes are on Batman now, and Bruce Wayne is what it mean to say. Um, yeah, there's some suspicions. That's why he's got to lay low. So on his way to have his meeting with Lucius, he's m met by Lucius's new higher bodyguard, Grifter. And we get a pretty badass fight scene between the two of them. 
broken rib, perhaps, again, I don't know, uh, <laughs> at least according to Grifter, but it's a lot of fun, I haven't seen Grifter in a while, and honestly, I'm pretty, um, I'm, I'm happy to see him back, I'm a little excited, actually, so, yeah, well, I mean, eventually Lucius explains, hey, Grifter, remember I told you he was going to be here, and he's like, oh, I, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> it's good stuff, man. So, yeah, and Lucius pretty much says, here's how it's going to be, Bruce Wayne. You're uh, you're off the board. Can't do that anymore. Too many eyes on you. Uh, you're going to be given a very substantial and generous yearly allowance. But, as you know, you can't use any of that money to fund the Batman. You're going to have to use other ways of doing that. Um, you've been outed, sorry, that's how it's gonna be, and Batman, I mean, he completely, uh, he, he acknowledges this, and he agrees to it, and it is what it is, how he's gonna go about doing it, I don't know, but he's Batman, so he'll figure it out, he'll figure it out, and his first step is to move into the, the, the innards, the city of Gotham itself, he's no longer up on his big fancy mansion hill, He's, uh, yeah, down in some fancy swaggy thing that he didn't even knew he owed or owned. Uh, the same place, ironically, that Bane killed Alfred, so he's gonna live with that. He's also realizing he's gotta live without Alfred, and he's gotta learn to live that life, you know, and there's a lot of growth that takes place in this issue, for sure. Um, honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised... I'm just going to go ahead and say I wouldn't be surprised if Batman killed in the next 25 issues. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, <laughs> I just, I catch a vibe from him, man. I catch a vibe. I think that Harley really uh, struck a chord with them in that issue 100. And I, I honestly thought that that was going to be the issue that he would essentially be responsible for a death with the Joker. Didn't happen, but he was willing to take that chance. Um, incredible. This is incredible. He continues to be good. And, uh, yes, it's it's potentially going to introduce a new Batman. Not mad at it. I'm intrigued. Um, I kind of scoffed at it at first. It didn't matter who. And, you know, whether it was going to be a black Batman or whatever. I didn't give a shit. To me, you know, Batman could only be Bruce Wayne. You know, even if they said Nightwing was going to be the next Batman, I would have scoffed at it. But, um, I'm, with it being, you know, a Fox family member, that could be, uh, oh, I, I'd give that a 20-issue arc, you know? I'd give that a fair chance for sure. So, those be the overviews. That's what I read last week that I wanted to really talk about, really get you pumped on. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. And we're going to talk honorable mentions. It's a big, big, thick stack of books. Um, yeah, so hang tight. I'll be right back. Video game 
I'm back with the honorable mentions. Just because a book didn't make the overviews by no means. Does that mean it was of less standards or quality or anything like that? It's just, that wasn't what I got around to talking to. It doesn't mean I didn't read it either. Uh, you'll, you'll know as I continue to talk about these books. If you're a new listener, you'll figure out what makes an honorable mention book. Daredevil number 23, this is, <laughs> it continues to be absolutely amazing. The only reason I didn't do a full overview of this book is because uh, there weren't a whole lot of talking points. You know, it's it was a this thing happened type of situation, and you just go with it from there. It's an incredible story. Uh, Daredevil's one of Marvel's best books. Top two, top three, maybe even number one. Uh, it's just... Uh, uh, I I don't think it's that's very arguable arguable arguable. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Ranger number fifty five. Uh, yeah, they dub a new Green Ranger and <clears throat> spoilers. It's Draken. Um, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a cool issue. It took me back though. It's not what I expected. Not what I expected at all. Uh, Fantastic Four, number 25, it was a big oversized issue. The reason I chose not to go through and give a huge overview of that is because it was a big, long, oversized issue. Uh, it's, 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 it's good stuff. Fantastic Four, I'm, I'm happy to be back reading it. Big Girls, number three, uh, you know, it's... <sighs> I find it hard to believe I didn't do an overview on this now that I think about it. Uh, it, it was very plot forwarding once again, it, character developing. Big Girls is one of my favorite indie books out there now. Period. All there is to it. Uh, issue 5 of Skulldigger and Skeleton Boy. Uh, yeah, well, the, the caseworker tracks down Skeleton Boy and... Skulldigger is on his way to go get him back, but not before uh, the the shithead of the story, I forget his name, uh, steals Skeleton Boy first. And, mm-hmm, it's, it, it's incredible. It, it's, <laughs> I love this book so much. Tonsi Zonjik's art is absolutely amazing, and, I mean, it's Jeff Lemire. Come on. Black Label, I talked about earlier, Batman, White Knight presents Harley Quinn. I don't know how long of a series this is going to be. I am going to wait it out and read it all in bulk. Uh, But still collect it issue to issue. Robin King number one. Gnarly, crazy, wacko, bonker origin of how uh, the Robin King came to be and how he is now in cahoots with the batman who laughs fun stuff um not so linear (laughs) storytelling you really gotta wait till the end to kind of figure out you know oh is this what's going on here and then there's this uh mini story at the end that nobody's really talking about and i don't know if i maybe missed the introduction of this character but there's this other alternate universe Batman here that I feel really could be something major. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But no one's talking about it, and I doubt I'm the only one 
that you know is recognizing something and I, I would imagine the reason why no one's talking about it is because it really isn't anything probably just missed something in the storytelling of death metal but um, it has my attention now um, tying into the death metal as well we have justice league number 55 uh, yeah team bands together conquers the star rose and boom uh, we've got X of Swords stuff, and I wanted to stay up to date on all this. I wanted to stay current and caught up, but I've done fricked up and fallen behind. I am uh, still on part five of X of Swords, and this week we have uh, part nine, which is what is this X? Not Excalibur number thirteen, and part ten we have. X-Men number 13. Ugh. I hate that I'm behind on this. I do. I really hate it. Werewolf by Night number 1. Thought I was going <laughs> to give it a shot. Turns out, you really have time. And, uh, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man 50.LR. LR meaning Last Remains. Once again, I thought I was going to get into it, but I just I didn't have time. Didn't have time. I had plenty of other stuff to read, and I'm, uh, uh, yeah, not so, uh, not so into The Amazing Spider-Man lately. Juggernaut number two, I still need to read issue number one. I'm disappointed in myself that I'm behind on this, and that's just all it is. It's a matter of me being behind. Catwoman number 26, I picked it up for the sake of speculation, for the first appearance of, uh, Father Valley. Uh, Mars Attack, Red Sonia. Um, it's only because it's Jeff, for J Jeff Lemire, Jesus Christ, John Lehman. That's why. That's why. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number seven. I'm way far behind on this. I have to go through and track down issues two through five to get caught up, which is a bummer, man. It's a bummer. Conan number fifteen. Uh, Conan's just in the collection at this point. Jason Aaron writing it to begin with is what drew me into it, and I loved it, but when Jason Aaron fell off, it's not that I'm not digging Jim Zub's writing at all. I haven't given it much of a chance. Um, just to me, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a Conan fan. I didn't give two dog dicks about Conan the Barbarian. But when one of my favorite writers is, you know, tasked to take it on, I'm going to be intrigued, especially when you've been following that same writer for some time being, and you know that he's doing all types of research and uh, really taking it seriously. So, with that being said, I uh, I jumped on it, and then I just kind of fell off, but I'm not dropping it off my pull list. I'm happy to have a pretty awesome run of Conan the Barbarian. Uh, Maestro, number three. You know, I don't... I haven't been reading Maestro, I'm not gonna lie. But it's in the poll list. Spider Huamath, number 5, Legacy 100. Uh, yeah, I haven't been reading Spider-Woman. But um, I, I, I have it. I have it. Uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number 6. I think I'm a couple of issues behind on this one. But... Uh, it's been a fun story. I think this is one that I could probably jump on, you know, on the next arc, maybe. Maybe? I don't know. Uh, Rick and Morty go to hell. What is this? Issue number five already? Jesus Christ. 
Uh, yeah, it's on the pull list because I need Rick and Morty of some sort on my pull list. If there's an ongoing Rick and Morty, I need to have it, especially since my dumbass on a whim uh, up and sold every single copy of Rick and Morty that I had. Uh, <laughs> but what are you going to do? Uh, I'll, I'll get on it. I'll get on it. I think I still need to track down issue number one of this series. I think that's what's holding me back. But yeah. Um, from Dark Horse, You Look Like Death, Tales from the Umbrella Academy, number two. Uh, yeah, no, turns out I still don't like Gerard Way. But it's in the, it's in the poll list, because, um, eventually, when this season of the show comes out and follows this, I'm gonna flip it. That's all there is to it. I got it for the sake of long, uh, holding speculation. From Vault Comics, Shadow Service number three. Yeah, once again, I'm going to use the I'm behind. Yep. Yep, it seems like a fun one. I'm going to collect this to issue six and then um, stop if I don't get around to reading or catching up to it by then. Otherwise, I'm just punishing myself. Uh, Stillwater number two. Uh, I finally got issue number one. Like, just a couple of days ago. So, I really... Of all the books that I need to go through and catch up on, I think Stillwater's at the top of the pile. Uh, Dune, House of Atreides. Number one... Uh, yeah, I got it. Well, honestly, more so for the J. Lee cover. <laughs> but also for the sake of uh, long-term speculation. I know there's a Dune movie coming out, and when that eventually happens, uh, if anything that's in this comic is mentioned in the movie, then, well, no. Yeah. I betcha. I betcha. There's a couple of dollars to be made there. Uh, another series from Vault that I, I just need to hurry up and catch up on is Engine Ward. So, yeah, gotta do that. And those are all the honorable mentions that I have this week, guys. Uh, that's it. Just a couple. <laughs> I, there's lots of stuff that is in the pile that, yeah, I'm ashamedly behind on, but there's a lot of other stuff in there that I also read that was still kick-ass, just couldn't find the things to talk about it about, whether it be there wasn't enough to say or there was just too much to talk about. So, there you have it. Now, let's talk wall books. These are the books... The you know the catch your eye on the shelf. It's all pretty pictures and whatnot. Gotta love it about comics. Uh, very uh, key key factor to drawing potential new readers in is amazing comic book art uh, or comic book cover art. I have what I call uh, a wall, <laughs> and I put a shite ton of awesome covers on this wall. So that's why this segment is called wall books these are the books that i buy strictly for cover appeal first one is batman number 101 i do my damnedest to collect everything francesco matina and we have a francesco matina cardstock matina matina cardstock variant on this one featuring batman and grifter himself it's pretty neat um very dark and in the shadowy though uh not a lot of detail, I'm not going to lie. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, I've been collecting Francesco Matina stuff since I've been collecting comics. Uh, 
I'm a huge fan, but at this point, I'm really starting to see a lot of his uh, art concepts recirculated. I know that he is in the, in the past has been accused of stealing other people's art and just you know m- making minor changes over it. And since he's been caught, I feel like now he's just kind of copying himself in a way. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just I wanted more out of this, and now it's too many shadows. There's just not a lot going on in this cover. It's still a cool cover when you you know you do look at the details, and you can't deny the guy you know the guy can paint. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I'm just I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of seeing sensing a little bit of laziness, just a little bit. Just saying. Now, my all-time favorite person to ever do art ever in the history of anything that's ever been visualized is Sam Keith. And he did a cover for Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy issue number 5. And it is a beauty. It's simple, but it's still very Sam Keith. And I am over the moon about it. I love it. It's amazing. I... I'm putting together a little Sam Keith section on my wall here soon. I'm excited. Just tracking down a few more covers for the sake of aesthetics. And, mm, oh, they're coming, baby. They're coming. We got Max coming soon. You know, you know, there's some Sam Keith right there. So, that does it, y'all. Those are the books that I have to brag about this week. The books that I'm raising my glass to. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been a fun week. Um, I, I hope you've been enlightened in some way, shape, or form, maybe even swayed a little bit, and, uh, I, I hope that you start a poll list soon, man, let's read along together, we'll talk about it, talk about it, at Cheers to Comics on Twitter, and then there's the Cheers to Comics podcast on Instagram, and you can join the Cheers to Pod, Cheers to Comics podcast Facebook group, and like the Cheers to Comics Facebook page, and let's just get social, huh? Let's have some some little talky poos. Let's talk about this stuff. Let me know how you feel, and um, yeah, we'll go from there, huh? Let's just start there. Then, then you you go and you rate the podcast on iTunes. Drop it five stars. Say how much you love it, baby. And then uh, also, also I have a Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash/CheersToComics. It's still standing, baby. It's still going strong. Join the Slurred Army and get you some some exclusive stuff, some free stuff, and, uh, yeah, free stuff. You heard it. For start joining just a dollar. See what you get for free. See. I dare ya. Patreon.com slash cheers to comics. So. So. That does it. Uh, episode 247 is in the books. And uh, another week has been talked about. Uh, as always, I urge you slurge to please stay safe out there, uh, support your local comic book stores, start a poll list, and read responsibly. Cheers, fucker. Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics Podcast.
Hey everyone, I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. <laughs>